Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 28th of July, and a little bit tired this morning. Virginia Trioli on the radio told us to watch Halt and Catch Fire on Foxtel. I was up till one o'clock watching Halt and Catch Fire. It's about compact computers. I think it's supposed to be compact computers. It's called something else, and how they competed with IBM. And the other one I've been watching is Das Boot. Das Boot 2. It's an acquired taste, subtitles, but anyone who is a Das Boot Sport 1, disciple as I was, is Das Boot 2, which fits rather nicely with Tom Hanks's latest film, Greyhound. Anyway, I think it's an English thing, the U-boats and the Atlantic and convoys and destroyers and all that sort of thing. So, uh, moving on. Anyway, a very good start to the day today. Wall Street was up 115, that's 0.43%, and the market was led by big tech again, with the Nasdaq up 1.67%, and our market, despite Despite a plethora of negative headlines, has been up 70 this morning, currently up 63. Led by resources with BHP and Rio up 3%. Rio took a bit of a flyer this morning, was up over 4% at one point on the back of a copper discovery in the Patterson province of WA. And both of them are up despite the iron ore price down 1.6%. Rio has its results tomorrow. There is a bit of anticipation of those results after production numbers a couple of weeks ago which were, it's got to be said, rather uninspiring. But there we go. We await results tomorrow from Rio. Other good news this morning is that Victorian cases are down from 532 yesterday to 384. We are desperately trying to avoid an extension of our lockdown. So hopefully that number will come off further over the next few days. It's a bit early to call it on one day, though. It's a fickle number. Otherwise, the negative headlines persist. Safe haven assets, particularly golds, hitting all-time highs. They're booming. Safe haven sectors are booming, which you might imagine is big tech. The yield curve in the US is flattening, and that is suggesting that interest rates much further out are going to remain at zero. Bond yields are still falling in the short term as well. The US dollar index is precipitously falling. I'll talk about that in a minute. Trump's security advisors tested positive for COVID. The Republican aid proposal has been cut from $3 trillion to $1 trillion and still faces opposition. They've got to do something about that, I think, this week because some of those unemployment benefits sort of job seeker equivalents come off this week and they need to replace it with some something pretty quickly. China has has seized the U.S. consulate in Chengdu. Australia has joined U.S. naval forces in exercises in the South China Sea. One headline says bankruptcies loom as JobKeeper tapers. Vaccine talks have hit a snag in the EU. And the U.S. baseball season, which resumed on Saturday, has had to immediately start cancelling games because 12 Miami Marlin players have tested positive. And that perhaps is symptomatic of what is likely to happen happen in all sporting codes when you get a lot of people together, not social distancing, playing sport. Not really what we want to hear on the entertainment front. Yet the markets continue to go up. And about the only positive headline is Moderna up 9% on hopes for COVID-19 vaccine by year end. And one of Trump's aides has been hinting at some very good news later in the week on a vaccine. A couple of other quick items. The UK tells pet owners not to be alarmed despite confirmation a pet cat has been infected with coronavirus. 
I used to own a couple of cats with my first wife. Not really a cat man anymore, it's got to be said. I believe a dog's already had the coronavirus. It didn't seem to upset the world too much. And another small item, Google has told its employees they're going to be working at home until at least July 2021. I can tell you if I told Emma I'm going to be working at home till July 2021 and that she's going to be shut in the house with me and the kids for another year, she'd be on to eBay looking for firearms in a blink. Anyway, to the strategy. The market really is a tough one at the moment. It is taking a lot of sober economic news on the nose and continues to go up. The virus... The negative virus news flow doesn't seem to worry it. And it is also polarizing into sectors that are survivors and sectors that are victims of the virus. And you'll see that today. Travel, financials, energy, underperforming, gold, technology, outperforming. And a bunch of sectors in the middle there like retail and healthcare and building that seem to do their own thing at their own time, including resources. But I have a chart in the strategy piece today of the market. Same old chart, same old Hekinashi chart, probably getting bored of this one, showing us going sideways or in this sort of trading band. And general trend is sort of up, but we really haven't broken out one way or the other after our peak at the beginning of June. And we have made the assumption and continue to make the assumption for the moment that the market is going sideways until it doesn't. But we do think there is more risk on the downside than the upside. So we prefer to sit in cash in general whilst that continues. However, and this is the big news today, we have recognized that the all cash call has denied us some opportunities, particularly in sectors like gold and technology that we should have held on to, especially technology. We sold it thinking it was a sentiment driven sector that had got massively bubbled up in the recovery phase. So I think we were right to sell it but it took off again and we didn't get involved because we'd made this cash call now that cash call as I say has denied us some opportunities so we have decided that against a backdrop of being generally cashed up we're going to start trading some limited individual stocks on their own fundamental which means quality and technical which means charts merits so we're not about to go trading hot stocks or stocks with no fundamentals or very risky stocks. We anticipate rather slow, boring, it's called long duration sometimes, long duration trading, medium term trading rather than short term trading. And we're not setting out to invest for the long term. We're not going to assess CSL for the next 20 years and go and buy it and sit it out. But if we do happen to buy CSL and it goes up forever and we end up as a long term investor, so be it. Other little notes to make if we are going to start trading some individual stocks is that we do have a $73 million fund. We will have liquidity issues if we focus on small cap companies. So we won't. Our focus will be very much on large cap companies where our buying doesn't affect the share price. We will sell easily. We still see managing risk as a priority at the moment. I know a lot of you find it very hard to sell. We will find it very easy to sell. Without the market in a general uptrend and with this uncomfortable, as we see it, economic background, we anticipate that we will still retain significant 
significant cash, unless of course we decide otherwise one day, with a focus on individual stocks. If we do get an improvement in the market, an uptrend in the market, it'll inevitably mean we're picking up on more ideas. And the suggestion is that we will, in a rising market, be trading more stocks and will therefore end up more fully invested as the market trends up. At least that's what we hope. So we are hoping to use this process to manage the cash allocation and soften this all out or all in approach. We'll see how that works out. And if individual ideas don't present themselves, we are very happy whilst the market's doing this sideways thing to sit in cash. Meanwhile, in the income SMA, we are still looking to collect dividends for income investors over the results season. But with a market as fickle as this, we do think there is heightened uncertainty over the market. There is also, of course, a very uncertain backdrop to the results season this time around. So we're more likely to wait for the results before buying and react to the results. Post results, a company has de-risked itself for the next few months, which is ideal in this market. So we're probably, when it comes to income, going to allow the results to come out and then look to buy stocks. But of course, we'll we'll take that on a day-by-day basis, on a stock-by-stock basis. So no hard, fast rules for us on that front. But that's our current intention. Finally, I've got a little bit of a piece there on the US dollar sell-off. You might have a look at that. The US dollar is collapsing at the moment. It's a two-year low. It's had a very sharp move. It's in fact been going down ever since the first virus news was announced. And usually it's seen as a safe haven, the US dollar. But that's being overwhelmed at the moment by this loss of optimism about the US economy, deteriorating confidence in the US government and its debt and deficit settings, Uh, this developing spat with China, money printing, which undermines the currency, mismanagement of the pandemic from the top down, an expectation that the Fed are eventually going to have to move to negative rates, and the uncertainty over the November election are all chipping away at the US dollar at the moment, and it's losing its safe haven tag. And as it does, obviously, other safe havens like gold are flying along. And all this is not great for Australian companies with US earnings. If you're earning US dollars and then translating them back to Aussie dollars, obviously, if the US currency falls, then overseas companies, rather Australian companies earning money overseas are somewhat disadvantaged compared to what they would be if the Aussie dollar was falling over instead of the US dollar. So at the request of one member, I have put a list in there today of the most exposed stocks to the US dollar. This is a list of stocks that probably won't do well whilst the US dollar is falling. And there's a classic list of stocks here from CSL to Resources, ResMed, Amcor, Aristocrat Leisure, Sonic Healthcare, Cochlear. You can see the list in the newsletter today. Right, that's about it. In the short time I have been talking to you, the market has dropped from being up 70 to up just 23. All the banks are falling. There is a an APRA statement expected sometime this week, I believe, which will address the capital ratios for the banks and impact their ability to pay dividends or the APRA's guidance on whether they should return to dividends. And it's almost certainly likely to be cautious. And they are all down today, leading the index down. Otherwise, 
it's interesting that the travel sector is universally tipping over at the moment. Nothing gets any better there. There will be a lot of money made in individual stocks in that sector, in these recovery sectors when the right time comes. Gambling as well is falling over. That's That will be another recovery story. And retail as well, not doing terribly well today. Even some of the tech stocks have given up their early gains. An APT now down 1.7%, having been up over 2% first thing today. So things just folding up as I sign off. You try and have a good day. We will be looking for good long duration trading ideas from now on. And that should add a bit of spice to our SMAs and also hopefully to our commentary and this strategy podcast each day. Let's see how that goes. We'll pick this up again tomorrow. Bye.